Happy Friday, Seattle hockey fans. Fun, fast, forechecking. That's what got us the win over Ryan Donato and the Chicago hockey squad. But it's only two games in a row. We're going to need a little bit more. But we're going to talk about what, what's going well right now and how we can replicate that, especially with L.A. coming up. And we'll get back to our Firebird Fridays. All that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we bring you your favorite team, the Seattle Kraken, every single day. If we are meeting for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Erica L. Ayala. You can find me on all social media platforms at Black Rosie Media. That's an independent media podcast empowering black women and other melanated creators in sports media. You can also find uh, some of my work over on CBS Sports, including uh, we should have something on Monday regarding the uh, what the rendering, what the fields will look like for the winter classic. If you are a part of our Locked on Kraken insiders, you'll get a little bit of an early taste of some of my conversation with Steve Mayer, who's been on the show before. Anyway. Let's get into last night's game. It was a big win for the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, we're going to enjoy the big win. We deserve good things. We deserve to enjoy uh, a a really hard-fought good win for our guys at home. Because that's not always something that they're doing. Um, But so... so, um, but but it comes with a little bit of a word of caution. A little bit of a word of caution. 7-1 win. Let's go um, by the numbers from our friend of the podcast, the one and only Allison Lucan, who was indeed our uh, broadcaster between the benches. So you love to see that. But Allison Lucan, 7-1 win. Here are some of the things that she highlighted for us in um via sports logic um but uh was it a quality start for Joey Dax? Yes, yes indeed it was. I talked yesterday about entries and denials. We win the entry uh denial battle 5 on 5 54% to 34 for the Chicago Blackhawks. Zone exits 86% for the Seattle Kraken to 76% for um, the, the, uh, why am I blanking for the, for the Blackhawks, um, puck battle win, you know, 93%, 7% for the Seattle Kraken. But there was something that Allison said on the broadcast, um, about our fourth line. And I spoke a lot about our fourth line, um, that they actually had more, 
shots uh, and they produced more shots. Our, ooh, excuse me, our fourth line uh, produced more shots than Chicago, um, which is wild. Um, and it speaks to a few different things, including that. And I think Nick Olchek was alluding to this a little bit post game. You know, this is a Chicago team that's not expected to be all that good outside of Connor Bedard. I would add our guy and Donato as well. Um, but, uh, you have to win these games. And I've been talking about that because the last time we played Chicago, it wasn't a 7-1 game. It was a 4-3 game. And so we're getting back to good habits and showing up on time and with a purpose. Um, in all situations, the home team had eight high danger chances while allowing just the one created uh, eight shot eight chances off the rush while just allowing four for Chicago. And this is another thing that again, post game, uh, I think it was Nick Olchek talking about it, but talking about Connor Bedard, I believe had three, uh, shots, um, three attempts, um, just two of those even strength. And, you know, I, I saw someone in the comments saying Maddie Beniers is a bust, yada, yada, yada. But what we heard from our post game analysis from Allison Lucan and Nick Olchek is that, Maddie Beneers and Alex Wenberg um, were assigned to keep Bedard's production down. This is what Allison writes. The Alex, uh, Alex Wenberg line dominated offensively and was one of two lines. The other was the Maddie Beneers line that kept Connor Bedard limited to just two even strength shots on goal. The third was a power play opportunity. Um, so I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And I'm not ready to have the <laughs> Maddie Beneers is a bust conversation. Um, you know, I was eking dangerously close to do we need to make a coaching change or maybe a front office change if things stay the same. We've seen teams uh, get rid of coaches after four losses. Now, again, I think it's all about the compound effect. For me, the Seattle Kraken were getting dangerously close to that compound effect and hopefully are starting to get, to quote Taylor Swift, it's like one of the one Taylor Swift songs that I know. Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods? Are we in the clear? I don't know. I don't know, but I like what I'm seeing and we need these kind of wins. We need to earn all two points. We need to get wins at home. We need to get production from our third and fourth line. And that's exactly what we got. Of all skaters in the game, top five according to game score, Riker Evans, Kyler Yamamoto. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Vince Dunn. I love this. I love this combo. This is a magnificent combo. You're seeing, again, um, third and fourth line productivity. Vince Dunn showing that he's always in the mix regardless of what's happening. You know, I have nothing but love for number 22. We love you, 22. Um, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar is just fun. He's just a lot of fun. And that's what I wanted. Fun, fast, and forechecking. That's what we're starting to see from the Seattle Kraken. Now, speaking of fast, Seattle didn't just dictate the pace of play, writes Allison Lucan. They dictated the location. 27 uh, 
10 is the entire game time spent in the Kraken's offensive zone. This is huge. This is huge. This is huge. Um, because I've showed you the heat maps before. I've showed you the heat maps before, and they have not been good. The last time I went off about a heat map was actually the Seattle Kraken playing against Chicago because I couldn't for the life of me understand um, how, you know, we were in a situation where we were letting Chicago dominate and have so much space, holy cannoli, so much space, so much time right in front of our goaltender. But I love this that Allison from Davy Jones Locker Room actually tweeted this. Uh, she said she wasn't really going to tweet much, but couldn't help herself when she saw one of my favorites, the one and only heat map. This, my friends, truly truly is a thing of beauty. Uh, this heat map that I'm pulling up for you right now so we can check it out. Uh, I mean, just complete night and day um, from what we usually see from the Seattle Kraken. And we needed it. We needed a game where we put on display what works for us. Okay? What works for the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, I, I think that finally we're starting to see a little bit of that. Okay, it's taking me back to here. This is not where we want to go. Technologies, bear with me here. Bear with me here. Uh, I want to get you to the heat map. Uh, here we go. Here we go. All right, now we got it. Now we're cooking with gas, as they say. But if you can see this, if you can, hold on, if you can see this here, let me get this out of the way. Look at all of this time. Goal, one, two, three, four goals right there. Low slot, crease area. Always told you we we're going to favor that left side. We talked about that. Um, you can see another goal. Oh my goodness. Coming from the goal line. You love that. And then up here as well. Um, just singing on all cylinders, the Seattle Kraken, um, playing well, but it's only two games. It's only two games. And this is a throwback for those who saw the thumbnail on YouTube. Um, this is a throwback to a movie from the, the 1990s called Eddie starring Whoopi Goldberg in which a massive New York Knickerbockers fan, uh, turned, turns into the head coach and gets the team on board. And this is a quote from the movie. It's only two wins. And indeed, that's what it is right now, Seattle Kraken fans. We have every right to feel good. We should feel good about it. And we dug a pretty big hole. It's only two wins. Dave Haxtell, after the game, um, was talking a little bit. And uh, he was saying something akin to, Hey, you know, we haven't won very much in the last week or so, so we cannot get too high and mighty. We definitely cannot get complacent. There's still plenty of work to do. And for me, I think there is a balance between enjoying this win. It was a good win, a feel-good win, and knowing that the job isn't done. And I love 
that we are a team that knows that there is still plenty of work to do. And now it's a matter of if we can get that work done. I actually kind of flipped these two segments. So I kind of talked about the fun and forechecking a little bit. We're just mixing it all together. But I do want to get into the fun part. Uh, talked a little bit about the forechecking. We're going to talk about that more coming up next. But I want to talk about the fun the fun that these guys are having and why Captain Material, Mr. Definitely Not a Bust, Maddie Veneers, might be the reason that you have a smile on your face as a Seattle Kraken fan. That's coming up on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. And thanks as always for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily destination. A reminder that Locked on Kraken is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And the Locked on Podcast Network has launched the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Head over to Locked on Sports today where you can find your local experts talking about your favorite teams, plural, all throughout the sports uh, kind of world. We're, we're doing it all. Women's basketball. I was on today's Locked on NHL show doing a women's hockey spotlight. We had the rivalry series yesterday. PWHL has some things coming down the pike as they get ready for the, the puck drop on January 1. So those are the things you can find on Locked on Sports Today, streaming 24-7 on YouTube. Okay, talked a little bit about forechecking. I mean, in, in as much as the heat map indicates that we're definitely attacking or going North, as you'll hear it's said in hockey, a lot, um, downhill in a lot of other sports, just really rapid pace. I mentioned the little nugget that, uh, Allison Lucan had in her story talking about pace and time spent in the offensive zone. 27 minutes in the Kraken offensive zone, seven more minutes than Chicago in this particular game. Um, it just looked good. It felt good. And that's what we needed. Going back to this game, the Seattle Kraken were able to score first. And I think that's part of the fast um, and for checking aspect of it, we had Kyler Yamamoto score the first two goals in the game, both of those in the first period. And we um, had some response goals. Now in season one, response goals was like a four letter word <laughs> for Seattle Kraken fans. I didn't want to hear anything else about response goals, but we get response goals here a few times um, and response goals in the traditional way where you get a goal within two minutes of a goal and you can have a response goal in response to your own goal, but you can also obviously the most common way people think of response goals is in response to a goal from the opposition, which Oliver Bjorkstrand did a beautiful job uh, on that front. But then I think there's also the kind of response goal that maybe alludes to some of the uh, physicality that we want to see more from the Seattle Kraken. And that is the third period, um, the third period power play goal by Jared McCann. Now he gets hit up high, high sticking is the call Chicago in the box. And he comes whips that thing gets a really beautiful goal. Also 
I know that Alex Winberg has gone on the record saying that he wants screens to be calculated in the NHL. And I have to agree. A few things that I want to say about Alex Winberg. One, I agree with you, Wenny. I want stats on screens. I'm, I, I, I want to know, where can I get these stats? I'm, I'm reaching out to the interweb for those watching on YouTube because I really do want to know. I, I want to track this a little bit more. Wenberg does a great job. But also, the way he communicates. Um, I, was, I watched that goal a few times, a few times, a few times over. And you could tell that he was signaling Jared. And that he was, he wanted Jared to shoot that puck and he was going to bounce out of the way. I mean, you know, I know that that happens in hockey, but I guess it, it seemed just very blatant and very noticeable for me on that goal. The second thing that I want to say, and I thought about this uh, like a game or two ago, apropos to absolutely nothing on the rundown, but is it normal for guys to have a white hockey stick like it's it's all white i've seen goalie sticks that have been white also michaela grant mentis who will be playing for the pwhl ottawa once played with a golden stick it was actually a blake bolden stick that she painted gold oh my gosh swag out of this world i love that but i've never seen a skater with a white stick um i kind of like it it's like a phantom stick that when he's sporting out there because you know obviously the ice sheet is light it's white and then all the everyone else has a dark hockey stick usually using black tape so it just really stands out um i'm sure there are hockey players that have opinions on this since i did not grow up playing hockey i just think it's kind of cool um and also it seems like kind of an obvious thing to do literally like a phantom stick anyway drop in the comments your thoughts about alex wenberg and his all white or I don't know, maybe it's like a cream color. I don't know. I can't really tell from TV. But let me know what your thoughts are on that stick. Anyway, that's kind of more the 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 fast part. You know, we're we're getting we're getting there. We're getting response goals. The block shots now. This I find really interesting because block shots. One of those stats that yikes. Um, you know, it can it can get a little out of control if the block shots are are up there. And they were pretty up there for Chicago. I mean, imagine if they didn't block 20 shots, how many of those shots would be on goal and maybe turn into goals or rebound opportunities for the Seattle Kraken? Shots overall, 29 to 22 in favor of the Seattle Kraken. We did win the faceoff battle. I love that. We were one for two on our power play. Our penalty kill didn't have to do much, um, but was perfect on the night. So you love to see that. Uh, giveaways. Now, here's something that I'm going to be focusing on a little bit more. Seven to four. We had seven giveaways to four by the Chicago Blackhawks. Takeaways, 10 for the Blackhawks as opposed to six for the Seattle Kraken. And against an opponent like the LA Kings, that might be an interesting stat that we're going to take a look at. But I told you Yamamoto scored his fifth and sixth goal in the first frame. In the second frame, Chicago got, gets back in it. But Bjorki gets us a goal, his ninth on the season. Cartier chimes in, and then El Tolvanen with his eighth goal of the season. So you're seeing it. It's it's first line, second line, third line, fourth line. Everyone scored 
14 different players, I think, in this game alone. Um, or was that the other night? I can't remember. I have to do the, the math. But a lot of people got on the score sheet, and I love this. Um, I absolutely love this. Riker Evans, a two-assist night. So uh, he keeps climbing up the ranks as well. We're going to get into some um, Firebird Friday situation stuff, but let's close out this second stanza of our Friday episode, hearing Kyler Yamamoto. He's going to talk a little bit about, hey, getting a good win, but also knowing that there's a lot of work to do. And then there was a certain shirt that made rounds on social media. He weighs in on that as well. Here's Kyler Yamamoto after yesterday's win. What has it meant to you to be able to get your team off to this kind of start, two game winning goals in two games in a row? Oh, it's big. Um, You know, big for the confidence and big for the team. Um, You know, I know we had a tough stretch there, but uh, they'd be able to get these last two wins. It's big for us. Did did, uh, Pierre fight you for that goal at all on the stat sheet? It looked like either one of you could have got the tip on it. I honestly thought I hit it and then I hit his stick, to be completely honest, but uh, no, he was pretty good and said I don't think he touched it and then, yeah, we saw it, so. What can a win like this do to build some confidence in this room after the stretch you guys just went through where you got everybody really contributing all throughout? Yeah, that was a tough stretch. Um, no, it's really big for us. Um, you know, we need to keep playing this way um, and, you know, keep having games like this. What did you notice about how your defense was jumping up into the play and helping you guys create offense tonight? It's amazing. Um, you know, to have a forward, you know, skate on the wall and, you know, look back and just have a couple D in the picture, um, you know, it's really big for us. How do things change when you're able to get fourth-line contributions, whether it's you or Pierre or Devin? Uh, I think it just gives, you know, the guys energy, um, you know, up top. Up top. Um, you know, we're not scoring every game, um, so to be able to contribute, I um, mean, you know, I think really helps the team out. Kyler, do you ever think, why is this game sometimes so incredibly hard, and then other times it's so easy? <laughs> no, trust me. I'm asking myself the same question. Uh, we went through a stretch. Um, definitely our line went through a stretch where at least me, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, and then, you know, you get a couple like that and fell on top of the world. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a weird game like that, but uh, hopefully they keep coming to us. Is it kind of nice to be Tyler Johnson in his 700th game back in his home state? Is that 700 for him? Oh, my goodness, I got to go say congrats to him. Uh, no, it feels amazing. I mean, they got one on us um, in Chicago, so to be able to get one at home, it uh, feels good. How much were you looking for a third one tonight? Uh, I think I think everyone was on the bench, um, but, you know, it didn't happen, so it's all right. Wanted it, but... It's all right. Any idea what this T-shirt's all about? Uh, I want to say, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I want to say it's Maddie had something to do with it. (laughs) 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 I think Lars did too. So that is Kyler Yamamoto, among other things. Whoops, talking about the other Washington native who's on the other side of the ice on the losing side of that 7-1 game, hit 700 uh, career games. So that's amazing. Uh, also talking about Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Uh, I, I honestly thought that it was Belmar's goal, uh, but Belmar did score later, so all is well that ends well. Um, but you heard him say, like, oh, boy, you know, there was a time where at least he put that on him, that he was kind of thinking, oh, man, here we go. Like, this is a tough stretch. So they know that it's been a tough go. Um, but the levity that we see from the Seattle Kraken team um, and the Adam Larson bowl cut T-shirts, some guys were wearing them pregame and then Yamamoto, Bjorkstrand, and a few other guys wearing it postgame. And it sounds like rookie of the year, that guy on my uh, closet door right there, he was behind that. And it's the smiles. 
it's getting back to the fun, right? That's what we said. Fun fast. I, I maybe added fast, but uh, we did we did show that we can be a fast team. Fun fast and and forechecking. That's huge for the Seattle Kraken. And again, it's only two games taking you back to that 1996, probably cult classic movie, Eddie. Uh, highly recommend that you watch it if you have not. It's only two games. It's a, it's a montage scene. And she's like, all right, one game, two games. Ooh, now we've got three in a row. Like, when does it start feeling real? And for me, the answer for the Seattle Kraken is when we can get as many <laughs> wins in a row as we had losses, that's, that's like really good. That's super good. That would be amazing. And we did, we've done that before. We've had eight plus games in a row. Are we going to do that this stretch? I honestly don't know. I want us to try and win out this homestand. The next task is LA. That's going to be a big one. Uh, I'm going to try and get you a bonus episode tomorrow and we can talk a little bit more about that because I do want to get into Firebirds Friday and a big win for the Firebirds as well. I told you in the off season, heading into preseason and training camp, I was super excited about a goaltender by the name of Jack LaFontaine. We're going to hear from him and some of his teammates after an OT win and get a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be a goalie who's been invited to camp and has spent time between the ECHL and the AHL and just never knows exactly when it's going to be his time to go. He gets his first start and a win in Coachella Valley. That's coming up on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. And as always... I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily destination. Erica L. Ayala here, your host. Uh, I did my standing desk option today for those watching on YouTube. Um, and so we're having a good time. Fun, fast, for checking. But now it's time to talk about the fourth F, and that's the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Now, we talked about the Firebirds a little bit more in depth earlier in the season. They were off to a good start. Unfortunately, um, similarly, as, as fate would have it, like our NHL team, uh, they, they had a fall from uh, glory and grace, if you will, and have been struggling to get back on track, especially at home. And um, big, big game yesterday against the Abbotsford Canucks, and they snap a, a losing streak, a five-game home losing streak. Uh, they were able to snap in overtime. Uh, Cameron Hughes got the first goal. Jacob Melanson and Logan Morrison assisted on that one. Uh, Raddy for or uh, uh, Atu Ratu. Uh, I know uh, Raddy is kind of what we say as like the nickname, but Atu Ratu um, really great for Abbotsford. Um, and was able to score. I believe he scored twice in this game. Um, but uh, ultimately, it was Andrew Potterowski who would get the overtime winner. And it was a big game. Jack LaFontaine earned his first win as a Firebird. He pushed aside 28 of 31 shots faced. Um, 25 saves for the Canucks goalie. Um 
power play two for 10. First of all, 10, 10 penalties. And um, the Firebirds, in case you didn't know, I think I've talked about this before, but they do live stream their post-game media availability. I'm going to show you a little bit of a cut of that. I've had to do some editing to it just because the sound can be a little wonky. Um, Disco Dan Bilesma did talk post-game. I'm not going to use his comments because his audio was in and out, but he was not pleased with how the game was how how the cadence of the game he kind of alluded to i don't want to put words in his mouth but he kind of alluded to not liking how some of the game was officiated um but you can listen to that on youtube um a needed win here and you're going to hear from andrew potterowski who we know is just with the kraken a little while ago he's going to talk about the crowd and wanting to win at home which i've talked about for the kraken fun fast for checking and win at home, baby. I want us to get this game against the Kings. So I've talked about it before, even with the ECHL team, but there are sometimes parallel paths that our development pipeline is kind of dealing with. And so to snap a five game, a five home game losing streak, massive for the Coachella Valley Firebirds right now in the Pacific division, they are fifth overall right behind Abbotsford as, as a matter of fact, they are a 500 team, uh, 13, seven and one, but those losses piled up for them, you know, and in bunches, that's what always makes it a little difficult losing seven games in an entire season. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, but it's when it happens in bunches and other teams aren't losing that are in your catchment area. That's when it makes it a little tough. So anyway, without further ado, let's hear from some of the guys uh, from Coachella Valley about the overtime win against the Abbotsford Canucks. You know, we have a really good team in the locker room. All the guys care about each other. We always say we got each other's backs out there. And, uh, you know, the fans got our backs, so we got to perform. And it's nice to get a win for him tonight. He's a gamer, uh, former teammate with him in Chicago. Um, yeah, the first, I think, five, ten seconds of the game, it's just an unbelievable save and no way to get thrown right into the fire like that and, you know, get comfortable. So uh, that was a massive save. You know, a game could have changed from that point on, but uh, credit to him. He stuck with it, played great, gave us a chance to win, and uh, credit to him for stepping in. Yeah, I mean, it was a rude awakening. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that, but, you know, it's – that's just the type of goalie I am. I just battle, you know what I mean? Just battle for every inch. And, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, I had to answer the bell there. But as far as the rest of the game goes, um, I mean, like, we, we really shut it down. Like, I didn't really see any uh, direct shots. Like, again, their tendencies are a lot, like, low to high and pound it from the point with traffic. But, I mean, the boys were blocking it, and I don't think – I really saw any direct shots within the slot, which again makes my job so easy. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, the position I'm in, it's uh, I'm kind of at the mercy of what happens for people above me. So sometimes it's hard to get into a rhythm as far as games. So um, you know, it took a lot of preparation going into this game, and um, I just. Felt like, you know, just as soon as I got into a flow, I just let the script of the game take over and just uh, battle, battle for every save, battle on every shot. And at the end of the day, I wasn't, you know, worried too much on the result, just focusing on the process and giving the boys a chance to win. 
So I'm actually going to, I was going to play a little bit more from Jack LaFontaine, but speaking on a Firebirds Friday, as I was recording this podcast, the news just came through that the Seattle Kraken have recalled forward Shane Wright from the Coachella Valley Firebirds and have reassigned forward Ty Cartier to Coachella Valley. Now, Well, let me read the entire thing and then we can break this down. Additionally, the team has placed forward Jaden Schwartz on the long-term injured reserve list and it's retroactive from uh, November 28th. Okay. All right. Firebird Friday. Okay. I mentioned Ty Cartier scored yesterday. I mean, a lot of people got on the score sheet yesterday, uh, but he did have one of the Seattle Kraken goals. It was the fifth goal? The fourth goal. He had the fourth goal, the second goal in the second period. It's his sixth goal on the season. I'm taking a beat here because there's a part of me that's not surprised. There's a part of me that's not surprised as, as much as I did defend and I will continue to defend Maddie Beneers. I do think there's a little bit of something missing from that top line. And I think it's fair and likely safe to say that we're not going to change Eberly and Beneers. It's just not likely. So the odd person out there becomes... Ty Cartier. Now, what's interesting to me, though, is that Ty Cartier, as as you likely know, uh, is a winger for us. And as you also likely know, that means that um, Shane Wright, is he going to play wing? Like, what's happening here? So I'm going to give you the lines as we had them last night, left to right, First line, McCann, Beneers, Eberly, uh, Cartier, Wenberg, Tanev, Tolvanen, Gord, Bjorkstrand, Shore, Edward, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Kyler Yamamoto. So, I mean, are we thinking of switching Maddie Beneers from center? I don't know that that makes a lot of sense to have Shane Wright centering the top line. Does Yanni Gord come and maybe switch up to the, um, well, I guess maybe the second line now, fill in Cartier's spot, and then does Shane Wright take Yanni Gord's position on that third line as a center? I'd be okay with that, except I really like how Tolvin and Gord and Bjorkstrand are playing together. I really do. So then how is this going to work? I'm very curious to see um, if we get to see Shane Wright in action. I don't think they're bringing him up to have him sit on the bench. The other players that we have um, who have been scratches, Jacob Megna, Justin Schultz, um, and Marion, I always say his name wrong, Studnik, so, I don't know. I don't know exactly what this means. I, I, As I said, it's only two wins. So there's a part of me that's very uncomfortable with this and a part of me that knows after losing eight straight, two wins in a row is not enough for a, a complete without thinking thumbs up 
and stamp of approval. If the Seattle Kraken end up losing more games than they win in the next handful of games, and I don't think just for clarification that this will necessarily have anything to do with Shane Wright coming up and playing, you know, I certainly hope not for his sake, for our sake, but you know, I, I, I do think there's some tinkering that the team still needs to do. Ty Cartier, I think it's tough. I think this is a tough change, but maybe it'll be a good one. I can't say that Ty Cartier has been the greatest for us at all times. I can definitely see where the team, the organization wants more from him. I can absolutely see that. And again, the, the, the losses have been piling up. So if there's just something right now that he's not giving, is it tough? I think it's tough. I think it's tough. There's good vibes. Uh, I, I He just scored. Um, but I'm sure that this wasn't a decision that was made in a vacuum. Let's talk a little bit about Shane Wright. Um in 18 games for the Coachella Valley Firebirds this season, he's got 16 points. That breaks down as nine goals, seven assists. Um, now, let's see what else we've got here. Um, I'm trying to pull up the full stats. The stats are always a little crazy. Some some leagues are great with stats. Others, not so much. And the NHL, they, they just changed their website, and I'm not feeling it. Anyway, I've talked about that enough in the past. Um, anyway, this will be interesting. I, I feel like we're definitely going to have a show tomorrow with this news. I, I, it came out, it must've come out just as I started recording because I, I stepped away with the video and then I saw this. We're going to have to have another show tomorrow because I'm already over time. And another thing that we have to talk about kind of relates to our Coachella Valley Firebird Fridays vibe is Chris Drieger. There have been a few things that have come out, including that Driegs is a guest preparing a winter classic setup. And we know that Grubauer week to week, but I believe it was on the 32 Thoughts podcast. I haven't listened to it, but I saw some reporting saying that the Seattle Kraken might be preparing to for him to be out a little bit longer. So that's why I wanted to talk about Jack LaFontaine on Monday. We'll talk about Kansas city. They are going to be in Tulsa next week, I believe. Um, and we'll play over the weekend. So I'm going to have to come back. We're going to have to have a Saturday show because there's just a lot going down. And again, I want us to complete the sweep of the back end of our homestand. So tomorrow's a big game. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of feels. I want fun. I want fast. I want forechecking. And I do think that I'm seeing a youth movement here. It's happened a little bit differently than I thought. And based on some injuries that seem to be a little bit longer than we want them to be, but we got to talk about it. So I will catch you on a weekend special. I'll wake up on a Saturday. We'll get it done. We're going to have a good time. This show is already a little longer than it probably should be. But I mean, hey, I wanted to talk about Jack LaFontaine because I do think the goaltending pipeline is just going to be something that we're going to continually talk about on Locked on Kraken. I just think it's time. We have to have a real conversation about Philip Grubauer, especially with his injury. Will Chris Drieger get a chance 
to see some NHL action. I, I think it's okay for him to see some action, but we have to have kind of parameters and expectations because I also think Joey Decord has had two solid games. Now, what we'll see against L.A., oh, gosh, I laughed out loud when JT Brown on the broadcast said, yeah, these two teams usually have pretty close games against each other, and I'm thinking 17 goals. No, 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 no. We don't want that again, but this is a good LA Kings team. We got a little bit of a taste. If you watched the broadcast last night, they recapped a little bit of what LA is doing and why they are a perennial top three team in the Pacific division. And we have to win divisional games. So I know, I know, I know, I know I'm going off. We've got so much to talk about. The Shane Wright news comes in, kind of took away the thunder. I think a little bit of what I wanted to do with Jack LaFontaine, but that's, that's cracking hockey that's cracking news that's sports baby you know we go with the flow so tomorrow let's do a game day a special game day episode if you are a part of our locked on cracking insiders take uh or be on the lookout for something special regarding my conversation about the winter classic preparation if you're not a part of that Text 918-731-3154 from your mobile device. Again, that's 918-731-3154. You can get started with a 14-day free trial. After that, it's less than $5, less than $5 a month. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to one another. Hold fast. Stay true, loud and proud. We say united. Let's go Kraken. Let's go Firebirds. And let's go KC Mavericks. I will catch you on the next episode of this here podcast, the Locked On Kraken podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace out, everybody.